bringing you the latest thinking and developments from the international B2B marketing space, this is BBN Mixtape. And mixing it up for us today is Annette Fernandez. Welcome to BBN Mixtape. I'm your host, Annette Fernandez-Poiser, and I'm joined today by Dave Robinson, founder of Red Evolution. They're a digital marketing agency based in Scotland, and one of their many talents is SEO, specifically for B2B businesses, which is why I asked Dave to join us today to talk a little bit about search engine optimization, um, to really understand what it is, why it's so important, and hopefully let our listeners in on a few secrets on how they can improve their search engine rankings. Hello, David. How are you today from sunny Aberdeen? Yeah, actually, it's 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 anything but sunny. It's it's uh, grey in Aberdeenshire today, and uh, I did notice on the weather forecast this morning because uh, the outgoing Prime Minister Boris Johnson is due to come and see the Queen at Balmoral today. Oh and when he when he does the forecast is actually thunder and lightning around about the time he arrives to see the Queen and I just thought that that, that has quite to be apt, a, a, quite apt I thought so yeah I thought it was quite interesting so yeah a bit of a grey day in Aberdeenshire today oh excellent excellent so you've kindly offered to come and join us today to talk about the big topic of SEO um, you know well, it's, it's news it's, to me. It, <laughs> yeah, well, sorry, but yes, you have. <laughs> um, okay. You know, it's it's obviously been a buzzword for many, many years now. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of us are familiar with the term, um, just so we're clear, SEO, it's search engine optimization. Um, and we also know, a lot of us know that, that there's, there's been a lot of changes in search engine algorithms and how they work. And it's quite hard to keep up, especially if you're not in that area of the business, which I certainly are, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You are more, far more. Um, yep. So maybe we can start with you kind of sharing with us, you know, your basic definition of SEO um, in the broadest possible terms, you know, how it stands today. And then maybe on from there, we can explore a few more um, aspects in a little bit more detail. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in its most basic form, search engine optimization is pretty much any work that you do to, that, that improves the chances of a particular web page on your website appearing in front of the right people. So it, it's it's sort of shrouded in mystery and people think it's a it's a, a complex, complicated thing, when in actual fact it, it kind of really isn't. I mean, you mentioned there that um, changes in the algorithm, you know, SEO is constantly changing. It's worth remembering that when Google changes the way it figures out who to put at number one and who to put at number 101 in a search, what it's really doing is trying to filter out the bad results. So the people who spend their time trying to uh, trick the search engines, trying to game the system, the tweaks and changes to the algorithm, by and large, are designed to get rid of those. So if you're following roughly following the, the guidelines of great content, well put together content, uh, structurally well put together on the page, etc., um, based around subjects that you know people are searching for, then you don't really need to worry too much because what Google's doing with the changes is actually trying to help you 
the the kind of honest purveyors of good information to get more traffic to uh, to your web pages. So, yeah, in its broadest sense, if we are reviewing content, improving content, doing some of the techie stuff you can do, making sure the page is well structured, trying to find people who might be interested in our content so they might talk about it in their content and link back to us, that kind of thing. That's all roughly speaking search engine optimization but i think the key is most of search engine optimization today is based around creating great content and i know that's a really loose thing to say oh you know create great content and you'll succeed or define great content you know because google's latest update is the uh, the update that's supposed to be able to figure out if content's been written by a machine ai content oh. um does it really okay. do that? Is it? I mean, I don't know whether it's doing that or whether it, you know, how can it distinguish between AI content and somebody who's just not very good at writing, but might provide, <laughs> might provide great content, but they just don't, they're not very erudite maybe, so they don't do it in a particularly good way. I'm not convinced. I think it's Google trying to scare us. Oh, Google can figure out if we use AI, so don't use AI. You know, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, the, the actual ins and outs of SEO, the real deep dive into what Google's doing, we, 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 nobody knows. I mean, because Google keeps, keeps it a secret because without that, it doesn't have a great search engine. Without a great search engine, it can't sell adverts and that's how it makes all its money. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. There, so there might be an answer in we, there somewhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so based on what we do know about how um, Google works, mm -hmm. um, can you tell me and our listeners, how how do search engines decide how to rank or list the results they give us? It's basically just give Google lots of money and it'll rank you. It's just a bit, you know, brown envelope. <laughs> Apart you know, from um, that. Paddington Station, just, yeah, just that kind of thing. Okay, so if without we rewind. Them, yeah, no, yeah, without paying them. Yeah. If yeah. you rewind to when Tim Berners-Lee created the web, so the reason he created the World Wide Web was so that when academics were sharing information, they could just click a link. So Dr. Smith is writing a paper about something and references Dr. Jones's paper. In the olden days, Dr. Smith would have to go to the library and get the paper out, or any, anyone reading the paper would have to go to the library and get Dr. Smith's paper out that Dr. Jones referenced. So Tim thought, well, there must be a better way of doing that. So I created this idea of linking. Right, so the Google boys, um, Sergey and Larry, they figured out very cleverly that these links provide some sort of signal. So... What they figured out is an automatic way of deciding if a web page could be trusted or not. And the way that they figured that out was if lots of other people link to a web page, there's a good chance it's a trustworthy resource. Now, in its broadest sense, they're still doing that today, but it's got way more complicated than that because they've got to obviously analyze the content and make sure the content matches what the person's searching for. They then got to look at the whole domain and think, well, is this a trustworthy domain in general, uh, the whole website, in, in other words? And then they've got to figure out if that particular resource is trustworthy. They'll look at citations or links to it from other resources to try and figure that out. And then a million other things go on in the background and Google goes, bish, bash, bosh, there's the first result, there's the 10th result kind of thing, and there's a page of um, results on a web page, on a, on a search result. <clears throat> so... That's it in essence. There's loads of stuff we don't know about and Google's constantly updating, as we just said, to try and weed out the thin content, the content that isn't really doing anything other than trying to get a search ranking. It's not really trying to answer a question, if you like, mm. and, and provide something of value. But 
it's still at at its core is a link based algorithm, an algorithm that relies on signals because it's impossible to do it manually. You simply can't sift through information and read it. Although Google does use real people to do uh, to do quality checks, so they'll check search results to try and find clues as to why some bad content, if you like, some poor quality content is ranking so they can then improve the algorithm. Back to what we were saying earlier about these constant changes. Um, but in a nutshell, that that's kind of the background to it. It was based in academia. It started with what Tim Berners-Lee did, Sir Tim Berners-Lee, and then moved on through um, you know hundreds of PhDs looking at the problem and trying to figure it out, which is why I always say, you know, if you're going to try and fool Google, then you know you better be pretty clever because they're gonna they're gonna eventually figure Find out what you you're out. doing. Yeah, that kind of thing. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So so okay so um, the basis of Google is that I'm I'm going to use Google to find something that I'm looking for. So um, we as businesses need to decide what it is that we should be ranking for. So so what are the kinds of words and things that we should do? we should know that our audience is using to look for our content, right? So right. so yeah yeah. So that's keyword search, basically. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think keyword research is is the is the science, the art, the discipline, if you like, of trying to first of all develop your ideal customer personas, develop a deep understanding of what their problems are. From there, you develop an understanding using research tools, and we can just mention one or two of them you're actually using research tools to figure out, well, what do they actually type in when they're trying to solve these mm. problems that we've now figured out that they've got? Then we can look at who's currently getting seen in search so we can figure out how we, you know, what we need to do to compete with the people that are currently doing it. And then you know, all that together is, is really, I think, broadly speaking, you could call that keyword research. So it is buyer, buyer personas, problems they're trying to solve, what they're typing into search engines, the content that's currently getting that, that search traffic, and then what we have to do and how we use those that, that information to, to build our content so that it gets more traction, excuse me, than, than, than our competitors. Um, some of the tools, I mean, when WOB did their SEO um, podcast for BBN, um, for the mixtape, uh, it was a great podcast. If you haven't listened to it, I would recommend going back and listening to it. I don't know when that was. It was, what, about a year ago, something like that? Um, and, yeah, um, about yeah, thereabouts. And, and they spoke about, um, uh, I think, Systrix or something like that. It's not a tool that we use. It's a very powerful tool. But tools like Systrix and SEMrush and Ahrefs, see, this is all sounding really geeky now, isn't it? But what these <laughs> tools t- attempt to do is uncover search terms and how popular those search terms are. So you might find a search term that your customers are using, but in such small numbers that do you really want to put energy in to try and make sure you're number one when they, when a search is carried out? But but they also give you um, lots of fantastic data about what your ideal customers are searching for to solve the problems, to find a solution to the problems that you solve. So there's some of the commercial tools. Everybody, I think, today probably plugs Google Search Console into their website. So that's not Google Analytics. That's Google Search Console, separate tool. What that does is it shows you what your website, what pages on your website rank for. And and where that is particularly useful is it shows you search terms that you rank for, but you rank so poorly that you're not getting any traffic. 
So it, mm. it's actually a goldmine of information. Say, so, well, look, we know that people are searching for this and look, look at the search volume, the number of searches, um, but we've got zero clicks because on average we appear on page five. So what can we do about that? You know, so that is a, a fantastic way of finding um, terms to uh, to rank for. So, and then you've got things like Google's Keyword Planner, which is a free tool you can use as part of Google Ads, the Google Ads suite of um, um, advertising tools, platforms, mm-hmm. platform. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it is about doing the research. It is a data-driven exercise um, until obviously you move on to the creative side, which might involve you know the writing of content, the creating of videos, infographics, all the usual nonsense that that, that you that you do when you're creating content. But it is important with keyword research to not just find keywords that you know people search for, but go that extra step and figure out can we actually rank for this? If you're a brand new business who sell car insurance well sure enough you can find out pretty quickly that a million people a day type car insurance into google but are you going to be able to get on page one anytime soon without a million pounds of million pound budget then the answer is no you're not so pick a different fight yeah does that that make sense yeah so it's not always good to choose the keywords that are ranking really highly because that's far more competitive basically yeah, it's a strategic approach. So, you, you know, some keywords, I mean, tools like SEMrush, uh, semrush.com, you can get a free trial if you go there. Tools like SEMrush will actually give you a keyword difficulty score. So they'll mm-hmm. say, and they've actually been improving that, how accurate it is, is anybody's guess, but they've been improving that. So you've now got a situation where it'll give you a keyword. It'll say, if you want to rank for this keyword, you need a website that's got real authority, because authority is the key to getting good traction in search. That's why brand new websites rarely get good search traffic because Google can't trust it. There's no signals. There's no way it can figure out. Can't read the content and go, wow, this is great content. Yeah, we'll put these guys at position one. It's got to use the algorithm. It's got to use the signals. Um, and in in order to um, you know go after these search terms that, that, that are going to be really difficult, it's just about impossible um, yeah. to do that. Yeah. Well, you touched on there about about content, so let's let's talk a little bit about content and and creating, or more specifically, creating content. And what we need to think about when we are writing our blogs, writing our you know other pages on our website. Um, what do we have to think about when we're doing that in order to help us get a little bit higher in the rankings? You don't anymore. You just go to an AI tool, press a button, and it just generates all the content you need, and uh, it's, 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 it's solved the problem. Um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious to us, because a lot of our work revolves around creating content. It's pretty obvious to us that creating content is hard. Not because we're saying it's hard, but when you work with customers, and I'm sure agency uh, leaders who listen to this will identify with this. If, when you're talking to customers about content, they really struggle to write content. Um, so the content that we write has to be, I don't know what we're going to say. How am I going to put this? Cause the, you know, the obvious thing is to say you need to create great content, but what does, what is great content? <laughs> is, yeah. I, yeah. I think you've got to always think about the what's in it for me aspect, put yourself in the customer's position. So I think there are two types of content, content that you write, that you really hope people consume and that content then persuades 
and causes some sort of activity, some sort of action, like fill in a form, pick up the phone, engage in a live chat or something like that. So that content is your very best content. Um, it sounds a bit cynical, but you might also create content that realistically you kind of don't expect people to read, which might sound really odd. But what you're doing is you're trying to build up a content library on your website of content that helps your pillar pages, the key content that you want people to find, the content that helps that content to rank better, if you see what I mean. So mm. I think you never write it expecting nobody to read it, but um, you maybe don't have to put quite so much effort, if, if you like, into some of the blog posts, some of the supporting content that you're writing over the piece of content that you want people to engage with. So yeah. it's important to understand what sort of content people are looking for. If you're going after a certain market and, and the content they're looking for is video, because that market, they just don't read, they have to watch video, then you have to create video content. You have to create, I guess, written content around that video content that's going to help with the search rankings. But cre creating content is um, a discipline which is, I think, difficult to get right. And if we look, if we look at some of the content that our, our customers produce, they, they quite clearly get it wrong. They often are sort of we-centered, we do this, we do that. And I think the simplest advice with content is make sure that you flip that around and just make it all about the customer. I'm stating the obvious, but I think mm. you know it's difficult to sort of give a sort of um, almost like a one-on-one on creating the right sort of content. But if you've done the research and you know there's an appetite for a certain type of content, you know what people are typing into Google, then creating, um, spending the time and putting the effort into creating a really compelling piece of content is is worthwhile even if you do have to also provide supporting content uh, maybe video podcasts like this that kind of thing i'm kind of waffling on a bit there because it's a really difficult thing to pin down i mean we yeah you know here for you know from our own content point of view we're constantly looking at the keyword data and, and and aligning that with our ideal customers and then deciding you know what questions are they asking and producing blog posts and videos and podcasts around that and mm. you know it, it's successful but at the same time, it, I think it's one of those things where people have often engaged in an exercise to create content in a non-strategic way. And maybe that's the thing I should have said. It has to be based on everything we've talked about so far. We understand how the search engines work. We understand the importance of keywords. So the, it really is important to do it in a strategic way and create a content plan with a purpose. Um, yeah. I think a lot of companies, when they create content, are doing it for the sake of it. And they literally sit down with a blank you know, word, word processor or whatever, or Grammarly or whatever they're using. And what can I write about, you know, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. But it needs to be yeah. way more informed than that. Yeah. I've always actually wondered, we, we have one article on our blog. Um, the, the topic mm. of it is crisis management. Yeah. And so while I've got you, I'm going to ask you about this because I'm, I don't quite get how, how this works. So it's it's when you type in crisis management into Google, our article comes up at the top with a with um, a kind of bullet point of list of yeah. typical questions, and then our article is referenced. So mm -hmm. that and and every month, even though this article is about three years old, yeah. we are still getting about six hundred hits a month on this one article. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what 
what, yeah. what's happening? So there? what you're probably <laughs> seeing is structured data. The, um, so yeah. if you put a thing called structured data, and it's best rather than talk about it, just to Google it, structured data. Mm. I would imagine mm. that article has got structured data in it with a frequently asked questions part section of the right. page, perhaps. And Google right. is, is, is you know picking out that structured data. It, it's a way of putting structured data on a web page, such as an FAQ, is a way of maybe getting some more screen real estate on a search result. But it's mm. it's something I hear a lot, and we, we experience it as well. If you Google white text on a white background, it's a blog post that was written, as Cliff would say, when God was still in short pants. And yet it still gets traffic pretty much every day because it just happens to be... Uh, it's got traction. It's got it's got links. People almost certainly, if you analyze that content, people will be using it as a point of reference and linking to it. So it's got mm-hmm. this trust. It's got this advocacy, if you like, um, mm-hmm. and that'll be the reason. But you know, the the frustrating thing with content is you can put body and soul into creating a fantastic piece of content, and then look at the analytics over the following months and see it get virtually no traction at all. Yeah. And then yeah. you can produce something, you know, something that you produced years ago that maybe even I'm not saying in the, in the case of your crisis management article, but you know the white text on a white background blog post was a rant by me, you know, like years ago. Just like this is really annoying that people are doing this to try and trick search engines, um, and yet there it is ranking and bringing in traffic. Um, it'll yeah. almost be certainly down to the uh, the links and the citations, and it's been there for a long time. It's got that authority. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, so we've talked a bit about the content and the bit we've got, mm-hmm. you know, most control over, um, what we write, etc. Um, I've heard that that sometimes technical issues, maybe slow loading pages, things like that. Mm. But the technical side of a website might also affect how we how we rank in search engines. Yeah. Is so that, is that right? And what can we, you share yeah, us a few? Of those? Yeah, you're right. What we're talking about is a thing that Google called Core Web Vitals. So basically, Google was saying, we're now going to start using some more ranking signals around the performance of web pages. So the, the, the interesting thing about this is the way that, and sorry, just to rewind, Google was going hard on this, and they were going to be like, if you're not getting your website running really slick, and by the way, we mean really slick on a mobile device on, hmm, let me think. Yeah, make it a 3G connection. I don't know about you, but I mean, <laughs> when my phone goes on to 3G, I put it back in my pocket because it just basically doesn't work anymore. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, but basically they were, they, were, they were saying like lowest common denominator, we want your website to be really fast. Um, it was then pointed out to Google that quite a lot of their web properties failed this test miserably. And so they kind of went a bit quiet on it. But, but technical SEO and site speed is definitely a thing. And what's really interesting is you could go to a web page and your experience of that web page is it's lightning fast and it works absolutely fine. But if you put it, if you if you Google um, page speed page speed insights, you'll get Google's tool. You put your web address into you can put a page or your home page, whatever, into that. Uh, and it'll come back and it'll give you all this gobbledygook about um, rendering and a whole load of things and, it, and suggestions for making the page perform better, which generally involves putting your hand in your pocket and spending more money on a faster <laughs> server and a content delivery network and all that kind of thing. Um, you can see if you did a search on a really competitive search term and picked out the top three pages then I'll bet any money that those pages might not perform particularly well if you put them through the Core Web Vitals test. So if you think about it from Google's point of view, 
if a page of content is killing it and it's getting lots of links and it's got authority and it's a fantastic piece of content, are they really not going to serve that up because, well, your web server's a bit slow? You know, not, they just, they, they might, but it's not very likely. So I think because it's in your control and so much of SEO, such as getting citations links, isn't in your control, I think it's worth spending the time um, getting the devs to find all of the common issues that your website's got, fix them and get the website running quickly. What you'll probably find is it's very easy to get the website running like lightning on a desktop. And as soon as you look at the mobile results and Google is looking at the mobile version of your website when it's indexing it and figuring out where to rank it. So it's important to get that right. It'll be pretty mm -hmm. poor. But if you look at some of the biggest companies in the world, put them in the core web vitals, you'll see that the most of them will be failing this test miserably. So I think it's early days. I think, I think it's important, look at it, but would I be spending a fortune on it? Might be a bit controversial, but no, probably not. So the, so the message there is content really is more important perhaps than, than worrying yeah, too much I about think so. the technical side. Yeah, ultimately, yeah. I mean, don't not worry about the technical side, you know, but mm. think of it of like over the next 12 months, we're going to work on our website, make it faster. I mean, I've seen, I mean, I know you guys and we are as well, we're fans of HubSpot. Um, mm. Now, there's, there's some sites that I've seen They've been moved to HubSpot and their search rankings have improved. Now, it's probably because the previous platform they were using, they were in a situation where the website was just a bunch of spaghetti. It was just a right mess. And so by moving it to HubSpot, they cleaned it all up. But we've seen search mm. performance improve, yet show me a HubSpot site that actually performs well using core, the Core Web Vitals test. And they, they just don't. They're appallingly bad. Uh, and I say that as someone who loves HubSpot. Yeah, we use it ourselves and we think it's a great platform. Um, so whether or not, you know, whether or not there's a sort of conversation going on that we don't know about between the likes of HubSpot and Google and saying, look, if you guys keep pushing this, you know, we've got a big problem because we can't get this SaaS platform that we've developed. We can't get it to pass your tests. I don't know. Conspiracy theory. <laughs> Another. Another, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that's been really insightful today. Thank you. Thank you, Dave, for that. Um, I think we could obviously talk for much longer on this topic. And, you know me um, too well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But maybe we'll have you back to talk a bit more geeky on some of the more detailed topics. Um, yeah, but, for sure. But, thank, but, but thanks, David, so much for, for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you and speaking to you again, as always. Um, it's been good. I certainly, I certainly learned a, little, well, a few more things about SEO? It's been interesting for me because I'm usually on this the other side of the microphone asking yes, the questions and, and doing it that way. So, so yeah, I was quite I was kind of quite um yeah, I was quite nervous coming on to be a guest and, and, and getting interrogated as opposed to doing the interrogation. So but I've enjoyed it. Thank you. And I'll give you a little plug, Dave. Um, Dave has his own great podcast show called From the Coalface, is it? Yeah, you can find it from at fromthecoalface.com. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and it's a great show, and you've got some great content and episodes on there as well. So, thank you. That's but very nice. uh, thank, thanks very much, Dave. Um, have a great day, and bye for now. Bye, Annette. BBN Mixtape is a production of BBN. Subscribe from your favorite podcatcher for episode transcripts, links, and more. If you like this show, give us a nice five star rating. It's how you can help more marketers find us. Thank you. And we will talk in the next episode.